we treat the Bible as a textbook. Uh, it's inevitable as far as we start moving along in our Christian walk, and especially when you do like the Old Testament course, uh, you all of a sudden get behind in your reading, and the devotions that you held very true and pure gets coalesced into your uh, Bible reading. And in fact, it kind of accelerates very quickly, right? I call reading the Bible by the fan method. You know, you kind of have to get through uh, the passages and go through it very quickly. So it's very easy to treat the Bible as a textbook, to have it studied, to be memorized, uh, dissected, uh, maybe uh, spat back on exams, and all of that happens. And somehow that scripture does not sink into our soul. And we are informed uh, by Jesus, it says that, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. And the rain came and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell with a great crash. So we see after all of this ethical teaching on the Sermon of the Mount and all of the areas to be involved in prayer and giving and fasting and all these different areas, he says the bottom line is that we do need to put it into practice. I, I always think of the, the three little pigs, you know, kind of that, that type of scenario about, you know, the huffing and the puffing and the blowing the house down. And uh, this is the, the image that is given there. And of course, the opposite, as we want to say, instead of treating the, the Bible as a textbook, then we treat it as something that needs to be applied something that needs to sink into our soul and have its transforming dimension. And so Jesus, before this, says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, and yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. And so we can hear that the, the blowing of the wind, all of the, the movement, and yet this solid foundation of this house, and yet the other one, and where we hear the creaks and the cracks and the final crash of that one that did not have its house built on the strong foundation. And I think we get this uh, very excited about uh, ministry because often, like I do, we might hear a passage or we might hear a sermon and all of a sudden say, oh, that'd be, that'd be great. That'd make a great sermon. That'd be a great Bible study or a teaching. And so often we separate that from our own lives, something that we can prepare for somebody else, like a great chef and having a recipe and preparing that meal, as opposed to something that would nourish and be nutritious for our own selves and souls. And so that's that's the first area that uh, I want us to be aware of, that we, do we treat the Bible as a textbook or do we apply it? Someone has said, it doesn't bother me that all I don't know at the, about the Bible, it bothers me what I do know about the Bible. And I think that's probably true of all of us, is that we know a great deal, we have a great amount of knowledge, but then uh, how do we put that into practice? And I always encourage my students to, Aim for like a one-a-day principle, and as you hear the word, as you hear different uh, aspects taught, whether in personal devotions or other opportunities, well, just grasp onto one of those principles and see how you can apply it into your own life.
The second area is that we know about Christ rather than knowing Christ. Uh, I always are, am amazed when I walk down the hallways and hear all of these uh, tremendous theological arguments that are going on about this position and that position and people are almost you know, rising up and uh, the red is in their face and their, the fingers are pointing. And I always think to myself, well, again, how much of that um, knowledge and proclaiming a description about Christ actually has to do with the getting that Christ into our life. We understand Paul's heart cry in Philippians 3, 10 to 11, that I may know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. And I think we know a lot about knowing people through a distance, but what does it mean to know someone up close and having this close development of relationship. And of course, this requires us to be uh, quieting down, uh, reflecting, listening to God, having an opportunity to walk with Christ. And I would say really requires this aspect of listening. Uh, one of the assignments I give my students is that they need to spend three hours with God. And for some, of course, that's a that's a torture, you know, like how do you set this quiet time aside and to do that? But for most of them, they find that just listening, having a quiet place, reflecting, God speaks to them in a certain way that, that somehow doesn't uh, have all the interactive qualities of a, of a Facebook conversation or, or, a, or a text message conversation. Somehow in our heart of hearts, God speaks deeply into our lives. And I think it really requires us to, to unplug and to plug into God and to have an opportunity to have this two-way conversation of praying to the Lord, but also listening. And of course, going through the, the Good Friday and the, and the Resurrection Sunday, you know, knowing Christ in those aspects. Uh, we went to a Good Friday service and uh, um, there wasn't a, a focus on the resurrection like most services. They kind of fast forward to the resurrection and, and uh, our family members were saying, well, is that all? Is that it? You know, we have Christ in the tomb, it seems like. And uh, for Christians, that's fine, it seems like. But, you know, where's the rest of the story? And he says, well, of course, come back on Sunday and, and know more about that resurrection. And so we do know Christ in his death, in his death for us and what that means of being dead to sin but also the resurrection of being alive to Christ in which and walking in newness of life that we have experienced. And so this aspect of not just knowing about Christ, but knowing Christ. And I, I think just, to, just like knowing a friend or a person, it really requires that amount of concentrated time and effort and, and presence that is required. The third aspect is... Uh, uh, to get an F in Ministry 101, is to have unhealthy relationships. What I mean by this is that uh, we don't go far before we think about David and David and Bathsheba. Whether it's uh, opposite sex or same-sex relationships, uh, there is always a concern and a, and a danger. Uh, my theory is that we are called to get closer and closer in, in fellowship with one another. But with that becomes also a greater vulnerability, a, um, 
an opportunity for having this closer fellowship, praying together. And with that, it's very easy to get the wrong ideas, to, to move in areas in which are, are not good in crossing various uh, boundaries. And so uh, basically, we ask to ask God to purify our motives, that we need to draw our self-esteem from God, and just to just keep tabs on that, like what, is, what are my motives? How am I relating to the other person? How are they perceiving my attitudes and actions so that they do stay on a healthy plane? Look to the Lord as an example of one who operated with men, women, and children, and we would not call a speck of inappropriateness on those. And the fourth is to, uh, for those who don't have margins in their life, a Christian medical doctor named Richard Swenson had a book which is called Margin, How to Create the Emotional, Physical, Financial, and Time Reserves that You Need. And I, I like that. Um, I usually talk about balance and relative balance and so forth. But I think this aspect of how do we create some, some margins in our life is very important. I know for many of us, we get, we get very maxed out in our serving, in our, our opportunities. And, uh, uh, I know that for many of you, you're probably right there with your own responsibilities, uh, having a full schedule, but others have, have really been wise in saying, well, I don't think I could take the regular five courses if I have you know, student council responsibilities or if I'm an RA. I need to free up some time because there's going to be a time which, which is not on the schedule, problems and issues that come up which will demand my concerns. And so I ask you to just reflect on, are you building in some margins in your life? Uh, it's very easy in this route also to burn out that we get overwhelmed and uh, overcommitted with our various areas. And so a good question, questions are, what, what energizes you? What seems to lift you up and help you to be stronger? And the other flip side is what drains you? you know, what depletes your emotional energy particularly? And I think for many of us, uh, things like extended time with God, um, physical exercise have been really um, refreshing for us. Uh, I know that I've said many times, I have so much to do, I have to go to the gym. <laughs> you know, it's like you've got to you know, deal with the stress. You have to uh, deal with some of these things. And sometimes I do take my grading and I might sit on a you know, on, a, on one of the um, uh, bicycles and, uh, and do some grading on there and some of the, the things will go off a little bit, but <laughs> or you may come back with uh, coffee spills on it sometime. But, uh, you know, those I think are important that we do need to combine that. And you see me sometime playing table tennis or some sports around school as well. And I think for many of us, having those type of exercise, you know, at the appropriate time and place have been very helpful for us in maintaining this, this balance and building in the margins in our life that can keep us stronger and uh, to uh, refresh us. Um, learning to say no to what I always encourage my students to pray about when we have various opportunities so that we are not always um, saying yes to everything. We're always uh, pleasing people. And so, you know, it's important at the right time to the right people with God's guidance to, to say no. Is that hard for you? Let's all say it together. No. 
<laughs> let's say it. No. Or let's say it with a little bit of snarl. Like, no. Right? <laughs> and of course, you know, it's not to everybody or everything. But if you say no to the right situations and people, you can say the divine yes to others. And that's very uh, important to do. So, you know, build in these margins in your life. Uh, build in some of those what they call boundaries and barriers so that we can uh, be about uh, God's business. Howard Hendricks, a Christian educator, would say that Jesus was never in a hurry. He had all the time to do the Father's will. You know, being about those right areas. You know, Jesus, we see him having time for prayer, uh, being with all si sorts of people, but still staying on focus. Uh, I think these are some of the key areas that God wants for us to do. Instead of not having these margins in our life, it's building in margins and dimensions for us. And the fifth area is that, uh, is to focus on serving people. And what I mean by that is that we can get so caught up with the needs of others. We can be so uh, almost like waiting for something to happen because we need to care for others. And that's important. In fact, I asked somebody one time, I said, well, what do you want to do? Well, I want to do what other people want to do. You know, they, their life almost didn't exist apart from helping others. And we know that's important, and we're called to serve. But I believe that if we're only focused on serving people, then I believe we lose out on another important dimension. Colossians 3 encourages those who are as employees or serving others. It says to obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you and to curry their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you'll receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. And so what I would say that this passage encourages us is to look at the boss above your boss. So look at God above those human bosses, those human authorities that God has placed above you. And so this purifies our motives. This helps us to keep on focus and what God wants us to do so that we can be free to serve because we know that it is the Lord we are serving. Of course, we reference other people and, and situations, and uh, those are all very important. This week is Administrative Professionals Week, and tomorrow is the uh, Administrative Professionals Day. And I know that for many staff, I think that's very important to recognize, is that there are so many of them around us who serve our students, who serve our faculty, who serve our, our whole team at Tyndale with many of them are doing a lot of behind the scenes type of things. They are doing many uh, things that people don't notice. But if there was something that didn't seem to go correct, we would all notice it. And so we wanna thank them. Uh, let's just thank them, in fact, our, our staff here. Just wanna appreciate many of our staff that serve uh, very faithfully uh, in serving God. 
And as we think about serving the Lord, um, especially our number are going out for the Camden mission trip this week, and subsequently we'll be having a number of mission trips, and the blogs are, are starting to get up as well for those, is that let us support others who serve God. Let us support our student leaders, as we know that they will be on the forefront of helping our students in many ways as we seek to, to follow God. It was Jim Elliott, who was a martyr mission, missionary to South America, while as a student at Wheaton College, he said he sought the degree AUG, AUG. And he got that from 2 Timothy 2.15 in the authorized version, which says, study to show yourselves approved unto God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I think if there's something I want to encourage you is that seek this degree, seek this dimension, the AUG, approved unto God. Let God be the one who gives you your sense of worth and dimension and approval, because we know that there'll be times that other people will not have that same estimation of us, especially when we make those tough decisions. But may God be guiding us as we seek to do that. So just in review, these five areas, instead of treating the Bible as a textbook, apply the word. Instead of knowing about Christ, know Christ. Instead of having unhealthy relationships, cultivate healthy relationships. Instead of not having margins, build margins into your life. And instead of focusing on serving people, focus on serving the Lord.